0: Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences.
0: Welcome back to Mutual Presents. I'm Jack Ward right here with my co pilot for your passage to yesteryear, Penny the Cat. For episode 20, we return to Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. You know, that never gets old. The sad part of this luminous Dragon Eye Ring Gang serial is that it's incomplete, and yet one of the most complete of all the serials we have available from Jack. So Jack Armstrong will end up being more of a sampling of the series than a complete replaying, sadly. We'll continue to do our best with episodes 21 and 22, so wind back those clocks.
2: Jack
3: Armstrong, the all-American boy. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall our team be champions. Known throughout the land. Wheaties, breakfast of champions, bring you the thrilling adventures of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Now here's a dramatized scene that's probably taking place in a good many cities these days. Listen. Listen. After defeating West High by a score of 14 to nothing, the North High football squad are just entering their dressing room. As Chuck Frederick, North's captain, sits on the bench, Jim Powers approaches.
2: Got a minute, Chuck? Why, sure, Jim. Sit down. It was a great game you turned in today, making
4: 12 out of the 14 points we got. Thanks, Jim. Look, I'm tired of sitting on the bench and watching you fellas having all the fun. I want to get in at least one quarter a game anyway.
2: Well, I'll tell you something, Jim. I was talking to Coach Walton about you the other day, and we both agreed on one thing. What was that? Well, we agreed that you had plenty of natural ability, but we, you just weren't in good enough physical shape to make the grade. The doggone it, Chuck. I feel good. Feeling good isn't enough, Jim. We You've got to get a regular year-round training program and stick to it. Take me, for instance. I've followed Jack Armstrong's training program for a couple of years now. And I'm here to tell you it's the clear dope. What's it all about? Simple as ABC. Get plenty of fresh air, sleep and exercise. Keep clean and eat a breakfast of champions every morning. Say it, sounds all right. All right, nothing. It's darn near perfect. And if you want to taste a breakfast dish that'll give your appetite something to live for, try Wheaties with milk and fruit. How so? Well, it's got a flavor that tops any other breakfast dish I ever tasted. Coach Walton told me about it. He said that that many of the great college coaches all over the country recommend a breakfast of champions as a part of Jack Armstrong's training program. And I'm with him 100%. Why don't you start training Jack Armstrong's way, Jim? Gosh, it sounds plenty good to
4: me. Tell you what I'll do. I'll start right off with a breakfast of champions tomorrow morning.
3: And, fellows and girls, there's a mighty good idea for you, too. Remind mother to get you a couple of packages of Wheaties right away. Then tell her that you want to start training Jack Armstrong's way tomorrow morning for sure with Wheaties, Milk, and Fruit, a breakfast of champions. And now, Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Jack and Billy and Betty and Uncle Jim have completed their voyage across the Pacific in their 2 masted schooner, Spindrift. They have just rounded the southern end of the Philippines and are approaching the Moro village of Catabango on the island of Mindanao. They are on their way to salvage a quantity of the rare element uranium-235, which lies somewhere in a wrecked yacht in the Sulu Sea. But they are stopping in Catabango to investigate the disappearance of Professor Loring and to find out the connection between the luminous dragon's eye ring he sent them and the rich deposits of uranium which are rumored to lie in the interior of Mindanao. Jack is at the wheel, and Uncle Jim and Billy are at the sheets as the spindrift fights a headwind entering the harbor of Catabongo. Betty is sitting on the cabin, watching the foaming breakers toss their spray against the rugged Mindanao coast. Listen.
4: Those cliffs with the palm trees at the base along the shore look look just like a picture. And look at that
5: village over there, Betty. Gosh, it's like something in the movies. That's Cotabongo, isn't it, Uncle Jim?
1: Yes, that's Cotabongo, the town we sailed clear across the Pacific to reach.
4: Those houses look awfully high up above the ground. Oh, they're not above the ground, Betty. They're just built over the water. Yeah, can't
5: you see? They're up on long pilings. (laughs)
4: They look as if they were walking on stilts. That looks
5: like a wharf over there. Yeah, I was just looking at that. That's mighty funny. Hmm. What do you mean, Jack? I sort of half expected to see the black shark tied up to the Catabongo Wharf, or anchored near when we arrived. So did I. With her auxiliary engine, she'd certainly get here before we did. And I don't see any sign of her.
1: Well, without much question, the black shark is somewhere in the Philippines. But luckily, Dr. Shapato didn't know which port in the islands we were making for They're an awful lot of ports, so let's hope it takes Dr. Schepato a long time to locate us.
5: You can say that again.
1: Well, let's not worry about Schepato and the Black Shark now. They probably won't find our trail for some time. So let's enjoy life and not think about unpleasant things until we have.
4: To. Yes, this scene is too peaceful and too beautiful to be spoiled.
1: Well, it won't be long before we can drop anchor and get ashore.
5: Boy, won't it feel good to have solid ground under our feet once more? Oh,
4: Jack! Look at that odd-looking little sailboat with a square red and blue sail coming up the coast.
5: Well, that's called
1: a Vinta, Betty. The Moros use them.
5: I can't see it, Jack. Can you, Uncle Jim? It's
1: just disappeared, Billy.
5: Disappeared, Uncle Jim? Jumping Jiminy, do they do it with mirrors? (laughs) They didn't do it with mirrors this time, Billy. There's a cove in the shore there, and the Vinta just sailed into that cove.
4: But look, Jack, there are two more Vintas coming up the shore now. And with such beautiful sails. One has red stripes like the setting sun and, and the other looks like a, a scrambled rainbow.
1: And look how fast they move along. Hand me the glasses, Betty. Thanks. It looks as if they were chasing that first vena.
4: But why would they chase the first vena, Uncle Jim? Aren't they all Moros?
1: Well, there are all sorts of Moros, Betty. Sometimes the different tribes are at war. Sometimes a Moro tribe gets converted to Christianity. The other tribes don't like that. Can you
5: see how many morrows are in the vintas, Uncle Jim?
1: There are three or four in each vintas, Jack. One of the morrows is pointing toward that cove. Something's up. No doubt about that. Jump on Germany. I
5: hope they don't come out and fight over us. It was bad enough when Blackbeard and Chepetto were after us in
1: Honolulu. Oh, they aren't apt to bother us, Billy, unless we mix in their affairs. Well, they're all
5: disappearing
4: in the same cove, Uncle Jim.
5: We'll go in and take a look at it, Betty. The wind is still ahead and I have to come about and make one more attack before we can reach Cotabanco. Stand by the jib sheets, Billy. I've got them, Jack. Let's fly the jib sheets. I believe. Now, trim your jib sheets, Billy. We can point straight for the cove and see what's going on. Gee whiz, Jack. Uh, Are you sure we want to see what's going on?
1: It won't do any harm to know what it's all about, Billy. We've got to stay with these moros a while and see what we can find out about the disappearance of Professor Loring. Now, that's right, Uncle Jim. If he's still alive, he may be held prisoner by some tribe along the coast.
4: And don't forget the luminous dragon's eyes rings, Billy. There's a lot we've got to find out about that. Hey,
5: Patty, we aren't going to interfere with every bunch of moros we see just to ask them about the ring. Oh,
1: of course we're not, Billy. We may have to visit a great many tribes. And the more we can find out about these tribes, the safer it'll be.
5: Hey, look, Billy. Now comes that first fiend out of the cove again. Where, Jack? Oh, oh, yeah, I see him. He's in line with that mountain peak.
1: Say, isn't he headed in this direction? Well, it looks that way, Jack. I'll take a peep through the glasses. Yes, he's headed away from shore. And there's just one man in the Vinta.
5: It's funny he should be headed out to sea now when before he was just sailing along the coast.
1: I still think he was sailing away from those other Vintas, Billy. He probably went into the Cove to see if he could escape that way. But the cliffs may have looked too steep for him. He's changing his direction a little. Uncle Jim... No, he's heading straight for us. Well, you're right, Jack, straight for us. And I can see him clearly through the glasses. He's looking back toward the cove. Well,
4: there come the other Venus, Uncle Jim. Look, they're coming this way, too. I'll bet you that the first guy is coming to us to help him escape.
1: Uncle Jim, do
5: you mind if I wear off the window a little? We'll get to him quicker. Oh, but jump on Jim when he crickets, Jack. We'll get to the other Venus quicker, too.
1: <laughs> so we will, Billy. And I can see that they've got their barongs and bolos with them, too. They're going to give that lone morrow a warm time if they catch up with him. Go ahead, Jack. We're off. Uh, if Billy doesn't mind.
5: Uh, I don't mind, Uncle Jim. If they really are after that, call, I suppose we ought to help them. Then he's up on the foreign main sheets, Billy.
1: We'll give this runaway morrow a chance. But
4: suppose, suppose the other Moros don't
1: like it. Well, they won't like it, Betty. But I don't think they can do much about it. Once we get this fellow aboard, we can outsail any Vinta against the wind. That's enough, Billy. We'll intercept him in short
5: order now. Boy, we better hand. It looks to me as if the other Vitas are gaining on him. Yeah, they're larger
1: Vitas. They can sail fast.
4: Look how long and slender they are. Well, they must be dug out of tree trunks.
1: That's just how they are made, Betty. And the bamboo outriggers on each side keep them from turning over.
4: Oh, I hope that fellow gets to us first. Let me look through the glasses, Uncle Jim. Well, here they are, Betty. Oh, Jack, I can see long, curved knives on the belts of the Moros who are chasing
3: him.
1: Those are barongs, Betty. They make a wonderful weapon in a fight. And if you look closely, you'll see a couple of long knives with curvy blades, like a bread knife. That's called a crease.
4: And one Moro is brandishing a long, straight dagger with a wide blade. Oh, he looks awful fierce.
1: That dagger's called the bolo. That's a dangerous weapon, too. They used to fight our soldiers with bolos in the insurrection.
5: Gosh, Betty, can't you see anything cheerful through those glasses? Aren't some of their boats sinking or something? No, they're not, Billy. And they're gaining on that poor Moro who's by himself. Uh, give me the glasses, will you, buddy? I just want to see those Morrow weapons at a distance before I see them at close range. Holy smoke, Jack. They do look like mean things to run into on a dark night. <laughs> yeah, but there's a hot tropical sun overhead, Billy, so it's all right. I don't like the looks of that tall Morrow standing up in the bow of his bean and waving his bolo about. Gosh almighty, he looks ready for action and plenty mad. I'll bet he'll be madder yet if that chap gets away from them. But he isn't going to get away from them. They're closing in on him. But we're closing in on him too, Billy. It'll be a close shave, but I think we'll make it. How do you plan to
1: pick him up, Jack? I'll come up to lure of him and then come about. If I do it right, we can pass him a line before I pick up speed. That's right, Jack. But you'll have to judge it pretty closely. If you get too close to him, you'll smash up his bamboo outriggers. Were you in the line, Uncle Jim? Yes. Getting one coiled up now trying to be net and tuck who gets to him first
4: uncle jim they're getting terribly close to him i can see their turbans and their funny looking pants
1: those are pantaloons patty
5: look uncle jim
4: they're brandishing
5: their prongs and bolos at us now i bet they're trying to scare us off billy but we can't be scared off now alone morrow is waving to us he's signaling for help gosh he'll need help all right we're gonna be too late to save him i don't think so billy stand by the jib sheets i'm gonna spit about in a moment okay jack Say, hey, you're coming in awful close to him. I won't hit him, but I want to make sure I come about close enough to throw him alive. Oh,
4: hurry, Jack. They're catching up with him quickly. Take it easy, Betty. I can't get out and push. Oh, he's calling to us. Can you understand him, Uncle Jim? No,
1: Betty. I only speak the Tagalog dialect used by the Filipinos around Manila. Hey,
5: he sounds scared to death, Uncle Jim. Those other Venus are almost close enough for the men to throw their bolos at him.
4: They're almost up with him now. They're getting ready to jump on his vena. But
5: He's going almost as fast as they are, Betty. Uncle Jim, is your line already. All ready, Jack. Are you all set, Billy? All set, Jack. Jim, when he crickets, we'd better hurry. Let's fly the jib sheets. Hard to leave. Okay, Jack. Leave the line, Uncle Jim. Oh, good shot. He got it. Look, Uncle Jim. One of those Venus is alongside his boat. They're making fast.
1: He better go overboard. They've got him three to one.
4: Oh, well, they've got their bolos with him. They're rushing up to the bow again. He's fighting him. with one of them now, Betty. Look at that. Uncle Jim, one morrow is getting around behind him.
1: I know, Betty.
5: Why doesn't the idiot jump? The third morrow is after him now. We better hurry up and do something. Our sails are filling. I can't hold the schooner much longer.
4: Oh, boy, he's jumped. And he's got our line. Pull him in, Uncle
1: Jim. Here, let me help you. I can get him to the boat, Billy. You stand by to help me pull him aboard.
4: hes oh, Look, another morrow is overboard after him. They're fighting in the water. He's gotten away, Betty.
5: He's wounded the other morrow. Oh, quick, Uncle Jim! Let's pull him up. Here he comes, Billy. Get him on board, quick! We're picking up speed. The hand now, Billy. Lay hold. Key. Oh, key! The other beaters yeah. are chasing us, Uncle Jim. Trim all sheets, quick! Trim them flat. We'll head upwind and get away
4: from them.
3: Say, who is this strange moro whom Uncle Jim and Billy have just saved from his enemies? And why was he being so relentlessly pursued by those other Moros and their Ventus? Will it have any bearing on Uncle Jim's search for Professor Loring? Will this Moro know anything about the mystery of the luminous ring which Uncle Jim has on board? Things are beginning to happen to the crew of the schooner spindrift even before they make port at Catabungo. So be on hand, all of you, at the same time tomorrow, and see what happens when the spindrift reaches port in another thrilling episode of the luminous dragon's eye ring... With Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. What did you do this afternoon when you got home from school? I hope for your sake you hiked right out into the kitchen and helped yourself to a heaping big bowl of those extra good Wheaties Flakes. If you did, you got in on one of the swellest tasting afternoon lunches I ever came across. And if you didn't have those whole wheat flakes this afternoon, well, try them tomorrow. It's my bet you'll have your order in for Wheaties every afternoon. Have you tried Wheaties? Their whole week with all of the brand. Won't you try Wheaties? Wheaties? This is Franklin McCormick saying goodbye until tomorrow for General Mills, makers of Wheaties, breakfast of champions, who have just presented another episode of Jack Armstrong, the the all-American boy. The food in the land. Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys. Show them how we stand Ever shall our team be champions Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong, Armstrong, the all-American boy Wave the flag for Hudson High, boys Show them how we stand Ever shall our team be champions Known throughout the land Wheaties, breakfast of champions bring you the thrilling adventures of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Look, I'd like to make a bet with you right now. I'll bet you're a good enough sport to accept the friendly challenge I'm going to offer you. Are you on? Okay, here's the challenge. I want you to eat a breakfast of champions the next four mornings in a row. That'll be tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday mornings. Then I want you to ask yourself if you've ever discovered any other breakfast dish that gave you as much genuine pleasure and satisfaction as this combination of Wheaties, milk, and fruit. If you'll just try a breakfast of champions the next four mornings, it's my guess you'll have your bid in for this extra good breakfast just about every morning from now on. And I'll tell you why I'm so certain about that. Wheaties pack a flavor that's so doggone good that lots of people eat two or three bowls full instead of only one. When you combine the super special Wheaties flavor with the flavors of milk or cream and the fruit you like best, man, you've got a breakfast dish that tops them all in the taste department. There just aren't enough words in in the dictionary to describe that keen flavor. And once you've tried a breakfast of champions, I think you'll see what I mean when I say Wheaties taste like a million. So ask Mother to get you two or three packages of those appetizing whole wheat flakes right away. Then remind her that you want a breakfast of champions the next four mornings in a row. And now, Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. The schooner spindrift is on her way to the Sulu Sea to recover some precious uranium lost when Professor Loring's yacht sunk off an uncharted reef. She is now approaching the little moro seaport of Catabungo... On Mindanao, where Uncle Jim hopes to find some word of the missing Professor Loring and to discover some clue to the secret of the mysterious luminous dragon's eye ring which the professor sent him. A lone Moro had just been rescued by the schooner Spindrift from the hands of pursuing natives. As the schooner sails on toward Catabongo, not far distant, she is being pursued by Moros in their small sailing beamless. Uncle Jim and Billy have just pulled the Moro on board and Betty is standing by, watching him with a mixture of curiosity and fear. Jack is at the wheel of the spindrift, coaxing the last knot of speed from the bellying sails, which carry them on toward the little Moro seaport. Listen.
5: We're leaving them, Jack. The Moros and their Vitas can't keep up with us. They can't keep up with us sailing against the wind, Billy. Their Vitas haven't any keel. But if we were going with the wind, we'd have a tough time getting away.
4: Look, Jack, they're turning back. They've given up.
5: I guess they don't dare follow us into Cotabango.
1: That's a good sign, Jack. It means that they don't belong to the Cotabango tribe. If they did, we'd probably meet a lot of hostility ashore.
5: Let's see what our Moro has to say about that. (laughs) But I forgot, he probably doesn't speak English. He
4: still looks scared to death, and he's lost his turban. Yeah, but he hung on to his bolo. Boy, what a fight
1: he gave that other Moro in the water. You had a close shave, my friend. I don't suppose you can speak bamboo English. Me speak English, little lad. You very brave man. Hooray, Billy, he speaks English. A little lot.
5: Maybe we can find out why they were chasing him. Uh, what's your name? My name, Malua. they bad men. Me glad they don't catch us. I'm glad too, Malua. They look like
1: mean customers. They no like me. I no like them. We saw they didn't like you. What had you done to them? No matter. Me like you. And you, and you, and you. Malua seems to like us all, Uncle Jim. But
5: why were they trying to catch you, Malua? No matter. I come there. You mean you're from Cotabango, Malua? You're from that little village just ahead? Yes, there. They come down coast. You're right, Uncle Jim. Malua's from Cotabango and his enemies are
1: from some village down the coast. That's all right as far as it goes, Jack. But Malua isn't telling us everything. The Moros don't engage in a manhunt unless there's a good reason. Either they're after personal revenge for something he's done, or he's a dangerous enemy to their tribe. Is that right, Malua? Hmm. This big boat, big sails, big flying fish. (laughs) All right, Malua. Don't tell us if you don't want to. Me, you friend. Me, you friend,
3: long time. Me save you someday, like you save me.
5: Well, maybe you can save us now, Malua, from hitting a coral reef you know how to get this big boat in close to the village without striking a reef? Mino, me know, Mino, me know well, you all right now. Turn
1: this way, turn that way, you are wrong. Oh,
5: gosh, Jack, I'm always stumbling over that thing. In other words, if Jack holds his course, Malua,
4: I guess Jack will be all right.
5: Well, just the same, we'll take a few soundings soon. Betty, get your sounding line ready. You're getting pretty good at heaving the lead.
4: Oh, well, I'll have it ready, Jack, but look, under Malua's arm. Why, He's bleeding.
5: Hey, he is bleeding. That other mortal must have cut him while they were fighting in the water. Uncle Jim, if you'll take the wheel, I'll go below and get the first aid kit to dress
1: Malua's wound. Fine, Jack. Billy, you go with him and bring me up to charge of these waters. We're getting pretty close to the village.
5: Okay, Uncle Jim. Come on, Jack. Yeah, it always seems dark down here in the cabin, Billy. Especially after that white glare of the sun outside. Now, oh, here's the first aid kit. Let's see what we've got left inside it. Oh, don't forget that we put that luminous dragon's eye ring inside it, Jack. No, I won't. There's the ring, Jack. Oh, but it doesn't shine as brightly as it did before. No, it doesn't. Maybe that's because it's been locked up in a dark place for so long. Let's hold it to the light in the porthole and see if that helps. It's some ring, Billy, even in the daylight. Look at that emerald. But it's the crocodiles on the side that I like, Jack. They look hungry enough to take a nip out of you. (laughs) We'll probably have real crocodiles taking nips out of us ashore if we're not careful. Now then, Billy, let's see how she shines down in the dark part of the cabin. (gasps) That did it. Boy, look at it shine with its own light, Jack. Jumping cricket that shines just like the green eyes of a dragon. It is weird, isn't it? Billy, I'm more certain than ever that this ring must have been made out of some radioactive stuff where Professor Loring found his uranium deposits. Who's that? Oh, it's you, Malua. Come over here and we'll dress that cut for you. Well, come on, Malua. Why are you gaping at me? Jack, he's not gaping at you. He's gaping at the ring. He's looking at it as though he'd seen a ghost. Say, he is looking at that ring as though he couldn't believe his eyes. Ever see a ring like this before, Malua? See how it shines in the dark? Me not see a ring like that. Me see that ring before, once. Watch him, Jack. He's gonna snatch it from you. I'll let him grab it, Billy. We can always get it back from him. Let's see what he'll do with it. Nothing. He's got it, Jack. Oh, gosh, he snatched it from you like a cat. But he's not trying to get away with it, Billy. He's holding it, looking at it. He's trying to make sure it's genuine. Well, he's seen that ring before, Jack. That's plain enough. He's either seen it or he's heard about it. Have you ever seen this ring before, Malua? Notang. That's the second time he said not tang, Jack. What does tang mean, Malua? Look how he closes his lips, Jack. He looks as though he doesn't want to talk about that ring. What's the trouble, Malua? Can't you tell us about the ring?
1: Me tell nothing.
5: Jack, he looks as though he means it when he says he'll tell nothing. But he knows, Billy. He knows something about the ring. We'll have to try to win his confidence later. Well, we'd better get it back from him before he swallows it and jumps overboard or something. All right, Malua. If you won't tell us anything about the ring, give it back to me. He doesn't seem to want to give it back, Jack. Look at him, still staring at it. Jump on but I wish I could read his thoughts and find out what he knows about the ring. Give it to me, Malua. Why you want it? Never mind why I want it, Malloy. It's our ring, and that's enough. Give it back. Some place ring bad, some place ring good. You be careful, huh? What do you mean, Malior? I know what he means, Billy. He means that the ring'll help us in some places and be a danger to us in others. Is that right, Malloy?
3: You're right. Many
5: look for ring that shines in night. You be careful, huh? We'll be careful, Malia. Now give it back to me. You save me, you take. <sighs> Billy, I'm glad to get it back. But if we hadn't saved him, he wouldn't have been so obliging. For some reason that we don't know, this ring is awfully important. Well, we'd better get that wound of his dressed. Now you fix him up, will you, Billy? I want to tell Uncle Jim something. Okay, Jack. We'll be on deck in a jiffy. Now, Malia, this may hurt a little. I'm going
4: to wash your wound. Where's Michael, Jack? talking about the long below.
5: About the luminous ring, Betty. Say, Uncle Jim, Malua saw that ring and he looked as though he'd seen a ghost.
1: Well, that is interesting, Jack. Had he ever seen it before? I
5: think he has. And he snatched it from me. Oh, Jack, did you get it back? (laughs) You bet we did, Betty. He didn't want to give it back, though. Did
1: he tell you anything about it, Jack?
5: He wouldn't tell a thing, except that many people were looking for it and that it might be very dangerous to us in some places and helpful in others.
1: It's odd that the very first morrow we run into over here should know about the ring. But then maybe Malio is not an ordinary moro. I have a hunch he was being chased by those other moros for some very important reason. And there's one thing more, Uncle Jim.
5: When he first saw the ring shining in the darkness, he said, Natang. And when we asked him about the ring, he repeated, Natang.
1: Natang. Natang. The word doesn't mean a thing to me. It's probably somebody's name. But we'll certainly have to find out more about that word.
5: Here come Billy and Malio from the cabin now. You want to ask Malua about it?
1: No, Jack. We'll never get information that way. Not from Amoro, who doesn't want to talk. But although Amoro never forgives an enemy, he never forgets an act of friendship. We've saved his life, and later he'll tell us more.
5: Look, Uncle Jim, how's that for a first aid job? Oh,
1: that's a fine bandage, Billy. It'll protect his wound from infection.
5: Oh, we're almost to Cotabango. Well, I can see the thatched huts on shore. Oh, and look there to the right of the village. There's that large river that the chart shows. Why, it must go way into the interior of Mindanao.
1: We may see a lot of that river, Billy, before we're through. It goes right into the heart of the Moro country.
5: Billy, look at the fleet of Vintas coming to meet
1: us from the village.
4: Oh, look at the one in front with its red and yellow sail. It's a huge Vinta. Why, I bet it could hold 20 men.
1: It's a war Vinta, Betty. It'll carry over 20 warriors with their spears and shields. Do they actually have battles in those Vintas, Uncle Jim? You bet they do, Jack. And before the United States took over the Philippines... The Moros would assemble a large fleet of these war vintas and sail hundreds of miles north to Manila. They'd terrorize all the coastal towns.
5: Look at them come. Say, Jack, you don't suppose that they're coming to do a little terrorizing of their own? I don't think so, but we'll ask Malua. Malua, why are all these vintas coming out to meet
1: us? They won't see big boat. They won't come on big flying fish. Oh, if all those Moros came on board, there wouldn't be room for us, Malua.
4: We're getting close in, Uncle Jim. Shall I stand by to heave the lead?
1: Not yet, Betty so clear here, we can see down for five fathoms. Keep an eye on the bottom. You can see it when it starts to shoal.
5: Jack, that first Vita
4: is coming like the
5: wind. And the others aren't so slow either. Gosh, I hope Mario was right about it. It better
1: be, Billy. It's important to get these moros at Cotabango to trust us. Stand by all sheets, Jack and Billy. I'm going to luff up and see what this first Vita wants.
5: Hey, the moros in it look excited, don't they? We've got to help Uncle Jim, Billy. You take the foresheet, sheet, and I'll take the main sheets. Betty, you stand by the jib. Okay. If we have to get away in a hurry, we'll have to look sharp. Heads up! Watch those sails. They start to sail these away on your sheets. Aye, aye, Uncle Jim. Say, Billy, look at that Moro in the bow of the first beater. He's waving at us. He's shouting something. Oh, what's he say, Malua? What's the trouble? He too far. Me no understand. Go forward, Malua. Quick, see what we're getting into now.
3: Well... Jack and Billy and Uncle Jim and Betty, too, hardly get through with one set of Moro's before they're running into trouble with another set. What do you suppose that Moro is waving and shouting at the schooner spindrift for? And what about Malua? Is he going to tell them what he knows about that luminous ring? Say, he was startled when he saw it, wasn't he? So be on hand at the little village of Catabongo at this same time tomorrow for another thrilling episode of the Luminous Dragon's Eye Ring with Jack Armstrong... The all-American boy. Say, if you're a good friend of Jack Armstrong, it's my bet that you've got something to look forward to tomorrow. What is it? A breakfast of champions, of course. Just about every friend of Jack Armstrong's I know calls for his sweeties, milk, and fruit every morning. And it's a mighty good idea, too. There isn't another breakfast dish I've ever heard about that gives you so much downright delicious flavor as this combination of whole wheat, milk, and fruit. It's the kind of extra special flavor that makes breakfast a high spot in the day, every day. Get Wheaties and eat a big breakfast of champions tomorrow. It's my bet you'll agree that Wheaties can't be beat. Have you tried Wheaties? They're whole wheat with all of the bran. Won't you try Wheaties? This is Franklin McCormick saying goodbye until tomorrow for General Mills makers of Wheaties breakfast of champions who have just presented another episode of Jack Armstrong the All American Boy wave the piper for in high voice show them how we stand ever short be champions don't throw up the land
0: and that's this week's mutual presents feature See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and
4: imagining together.